Welcome to a King Size Life podcast with Shannon King. Our goal is to encourage and inspire you to get off the sidelines and live this one life He has given us in the biggest way possible. Life is guaranteed to throw us all obstacles and opportunities. Do you choose to be a spectator of life or seize the opportunities given, create your own path, and become everything you're designed to be? Your road to discovery starts now. Here's your host, Shannon King. Well, welcome to another episode of A King Size Life. I'm here with Lonnie Markman, my new friend from South Beach. We'll talk a little bit about how we met. My intro for you, Lonnie, is I know of you as the belly mentor and the importance of connecting our bodies and our bellies is something that I was introduced to by you in South Beach. And so I look forward to talking a little bit more about that with our listeners. You're also the creator of the Core Confidence Method and owner of Pilates Playspace. I know you've been practicing and teaching Pilates for 18-ish years, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And went to school for nutrition. So you know what you're talking about and you're sharing a platform like I am very focused on, which is helping women in whatever way possible really step into their power and the way that you, uh, you help people do that is by an emotional connection from what I understand, really connecting with our bodies. And I'm really excited for us to share that with the listeners about your practice and how you're helping people do that. But I'll let you give an introduction about yourself. Can you share maybe the non-resume intro of who Lonnie is? Yeah, yeah, of course, always. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You know, I posted it today on Facebook when I was sharing this. It's just like, I love being able to be in the energy of other people who just radiate goodness and want to share their light with with other women and not to you. And so I'm really grateful to be here for that. And to, you know, share what I think is such an important and not talked about part of our body. You know, when I was doing this research, and I promise you, I'll tell you about who I am in a second. But when I was doing this research, you know, you, you look at belly and you look at stomach and you look at all these things and everything is just about flat abs, six pack, flat abs, six pack, you know? And so as you said, as a Pilates teacher, which I have been teaching Pilates for probably almost 20 years now, I went to school for nutrition. I have certifications as well. But again, I won't give you the resume. I practiced for many, many, many years with nourishment as the primary source. So I taught Pilates and separately, I coached women around nutrition and nourishment. It wasn't until later that I really blended those two together. So both on the mat and off the mat, each time we're together, it's about both of those things, right? So yes, I've always had a holistic practice in the sense that, you know, it's not just about what's on your plate, literally in the kitchen, but it's about what's on your plate of life and same concept with the mat. So, you know, for me, this has been a long journey of teaching what I needed to learn as well as really seeing almost like a missing link in our health. And that was of the emotional component that we carry with our bodies. So when I started working in nutrition in the early 2000s, maybe like 2008, probably somewhere around there, 
you know, I was working with a lot of weight loss and eating disorders, and there was a lot of body image stuff that came up a lot, a lot of body image. So I can put somebody on a diet, we can eat all the kale in the world, but they still had this, this almost a mindset, they, they had this heavy mindset, right? So I did a lot of work around helping them create a weight loss mindset, right? So they were coming into the mindset of being in this body versus just thinking about that they weren't good enough because they had a look somewhere else. And then I moved my business into fertility coaching. And in that time in fertility coaching, because I was personally going through it, right? So we teach what we have to learn. And I was going through and I was really struggling and my body wasn't doing what it was supposed to. And here I was, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't super young. I was in my thirties, you know, trying to have a baby and it just wasn't happening, but there was no real reason. And I was healthy and I was a Pilates teacher and a nutritionist and I was doing all the things, you know, like all the checks. And I started working with women around that. And I got a pre and postnatal certification and really powered up with um, a fertility center in New York. And it came back to body image again. And it came back to that now we're in a space where our bodies aren't doing what we believe they should be as women. And there was a lot of self-hate and self-loathing. And then I would see women get pregnant. And then it would be, you know, oh my God, I'm getting fat. And so it, it was this constant not loving this body that we were in, no matter where we were on our journey. And so that's I interject. Yeah, 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 I'm going to I'm going to interject because I have several questions to ask you. And before you answer them all right now, (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to I want our listeners here to get to know you a little bit more first. And so after the introduction, one of the first questions or the first question I ask every guest that I have on here is because I want people to know Lonnie more you personally before we talk about your your passion for helping other people. But can you share what your earliest memory is on this planet? What is your earliest memory? And take us there. Wow, that's a really good question. You know, it's funny. I always say that I have a really tough time with my my real early memories. But the the memory that is coming to me right now is that of being at my grandparents' house I don't know. Let's see what I was probably six, maybe. I don't know. This is just what popped into my head at the moment. And I used to go every summer to Monticello, which I'm from Florida. And so we, I would go up to the Catskills up in New York and I would spend the summer with my grandparents. And it was like the most exciting, fun thing that I looked forward to every summer. We had these little bungalow colonies and, it, you know, there was a, little, a lot of little families. It was almost like, you know, you had your, your camp friends or your summer friends and you got so excited to be together and you lived in this little bubble. And I just, we just used to be outside playing constant all the time. Ring Alivio. That is what's coming to mind, which is like... Ring Alivio? I don't even know if that exists exactly. What is that? <laughs> exactly. I what is it? It's like a combination hide and seek tag game. Oh, it sounds fun. Um, yeah. And so we used to like hide underneath all the bungalows and like catch salamander while we were waiting for someone to find us. And like, yeah, that was just the memories that just popped into my head when I asked that question. That sounds like you had beautiful times with your grandparents. Some of my best memories ever are with my paternal grandmother. I lived with her from as far back as I can remember until I was six years old. And so I love that the first memory that comes to your mind is great times with your 
grandparents doing, you know, I, I'm going to have to go find what this game is. I, just, I mm, haven't I'm played sure it. I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's not, I'm sure it's not a thing anymore. I'm sure the kids are calling it something else. Um, uh, I love asking you know, that question. It's always interesting to me just when people's earliest memory is and, and yeah. where that takes you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think that there's something for me in that time period, right? In that summer time period, that there was a real sense of freedom. And there was a sense of self that was happening. There was like a growth that was happening because I wasn't with my parents, because I wasn't in this structured environment at school, because I was able to play, you know, adventurous tag for hours. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're just finding yourself and, and you're getting to mess up and you're getting dirty and you're getting to do all of these things you know, at your own pace. Yeah. So yeah, I, that was always, uh, that was always some of my favorite times. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's yeah. If you listen to other episodes, it's, it's a fascinating question to me. I love that yours is attached to happy memories. Let's go. I want people just to understand a little bit more about you. And I want to learn more about you too. You and I have, have discussed a lot about your life. You just brought up a little bit about infertility, which I was not aware of. I don't know if that is one of the most difficult times in your life that you want to share. But the big reason for A King Size Life and how it came to be is really sharing stories of amazing women like yourself that have overcome obstacles and adversity in their life. We all have it. Everybody has a different story. But can you share with the listeners the most difficult time? that you are most proud of that you were able to overcome? There's a lot of them, to be really honest. You know, I think the thing that the one that really comes to mind that I have in hindsight been able to say, you know, I think I handled that with grace and gratitude at a really young age when like, I didn't even know what those two things really meant, you know, was when my dad died. I lost both of my parents at separate times. And I think my dad and I were really, really close. And he died my freshman year of college. And I just, I mean, I remember getting that call and just like, like all the blood just brushed out of me. Like, and I am so grateful that I was able to be in this place, but I just went into like, how lucky am I that I got him for 18 years versus on the flip side? You know, I mean, obviously not every day was like that, but you know, that there was a big, big loss for me about who I think that I could have been because of having him in my life longer. Mm-hmm. And being grateful for who I am because I had him in my life for the short period of time that I had. And that's what helped you through was, did you, were you able to really focus on how he would want you to continue? You know, my dad was larger than life. He was a really big personality. And is that where you get your personality, Lonnie? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You're larger than life in a little bitty package and you come in and light up the room. (laughs) I so appreciate that. You know, he, he just was very much like, you only live once, you know, F everyone else's opinions. Like you do you and like, look out for number one, don't step in number two. He would always say stuff like that, you know, like, (laughs) and it's just like, it's that, it's that zest that I think that I strive to have in what I do, you know, personally, professionally, whatever is because you know, I think that lesson really young, and that wasn't the first time I, I had had experienced loss, but that was most significant. But to really realize that our, you know, 
our days are, are could be numbered, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we have to enjoy what we have now and celebrate the moments because the moments don't feel like a lot, but those add up to our life, right. you know? And so, yeah, I always, you know, I, I love to say life is a long time, but it's also, you know, everyone says life is short, life is short, life is short. Yeah, life is short, but it's also a long time. So we get to live both of those things in the sense. And what I mean by that is I think the lesson and and let me backtrack of one of the things I've losing my dad. When I lost my dad, I lost my financial aid. I lost my security in many ways. Like I started to have to work two jobs, pay all my bills, like take breaks in college because I didn't, I couldn't afford it. My mom couldn't afford it. So you know, there was, there was this idea that really split, like, yes, my dad was larger than life and he lived every day. Like it was going to be his last, which I love and admire. And he didn't plan for the future. Okay. So that's why I say like, life is short, but it's also a long time. Right. So there's this, this balance. And and I think that was a big lesson I got at that time. Yeah. That's great to share with people. I appreciate you sharing what I haven't experienced the actual death of a parent. I have not, although I have mourned I believe somebody that still exists on the planet, but um, mm-hmm. the the amazing parts of my dad that exist in him were larger than life. I'm really sorry that you experienced that, but what you just spoke about is exactly what I try to impart on people, and you do too. But you know, a king size life is all about getting off the sidelines of life and making the most of this one life that we've been given, which I believe is a choice, and you just shared with us how you chose life and what direction your life was going to go through some very difficult changes, not only losing somebody so important in your life, but disruptive to how you knew how to live every day. Yeah, right? 100%, 100% for sure. I, I'm so grateful that that was the direction I went. And I think about it often. And that somehow I, I was able to choose gratitude in that moment where I was so young that I didn't even know what it meant or practice or, or any of those things. And I do believe that that was probably because of how, you know, he raised me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting the the different people that I've been able to interview on the podcast. And that's something that it seems like everybody shares. There's been adversity, but it's choosing. And we can, mm-hmm. we can choose one way or the other, but you chose to work hard. You chose to give back. And so let's move forward into that and, and really how you're, you, you started sharing that in the intro, but your passion for helping other people kind of walk us through where, maybe just fast forward a little bit and take us to the point through your practice, through your, your different avenues of education, all the knowledge that you have, exposure you have to to women in different environments. But really, where did you start tying in the belly? You know, I, I think actually, if I really take it back to even before, like a, some, from a subconscious level, like my whole family is obese, you know, so there was a lot of, there was a lot of growing up with that, like growing up in this obese family where I really saw the effects of not taking care of your body. And do you have a, a large family? No, I'm just okay. me. Okay. Just me at this point. But like when everyone was alive, you know, both sets of grandmas were significantly obese. And then my mother was overweight and, you know, so on and so okay. forth. Okay. I didn't know if you had um, siblings or... I don't have siblings. Okay. No. And so 
so I started my nutrition career because I was bloated all the time and bloated to the point in my twenties where I'm not kidding. People would be like, congratulations. What do you do? No. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. You know, right. Like the right. thing you never say, unless <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I wasn't even married. I was in my twenties. I was like walking, you know, New York and people would just like stop me on the streets or like get up from the subway seat to let me sit. Yeah. So I had a lot of digestive issues, like really tackled the, the belly and the gut from a nutrition perspective first. And then I moved into Pilates. Which the um, gut, gut health, to stop on that point, I mean, yeah. it's a it's large huge. percentage of, especially Americans, I don't, I don't know the number beyond the United States, but gut health issues are more common than not. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, people face and they don't even realize an unhealthy gut is what is causing a lot of their problems. I mean, even brain fog. Well, I was just going to say, we we talk about clarity and you talk about ADD and you talk about some of those other things and, you know, clearing it and healing your gut is really the first step to so many other health conditions, not just the bloating or the gas or the things that we think about that are associated to that, that region. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I touch a lot on the gut and that's really where I started in, in from nutrition, just for my personal self. Mm-hmm. And then I found Pilates and Pilates is all about your core. You know, it's about your powerhouse. It's about this idea that you move any movement you do in Pilates is centered, is, you know, initiated from your center. You start it from your core. So the bloating, the gut health, the nutrition the Pilates centered around your core and, you know, this place of power. And then as I started to learn a little bit more about the chakras as time went on, you know, your solar plex chakra and your sacral chakra really being about connection and being about creativity and happiness and your place of birth. And then, you know, as I was starting to not get pregnant, you know, and think about like, oh my God, all I'm doing is like shaming my body and holding uh, so it, our our bellies are are also our where we house our emotional receptors so you know a lot of our anger our shame our guilt is all in that area too and so you know i just started to to put the pieces of the puzzle together like here i am emotionally not being kind to this part of my belly that i want to become this powerhouse and this nutritional like you know I'm not even sure the word I'm looking for, like this, this place of nourishment to grow a child. Yeah, the and source yet, of all life and we're being mean to it. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm constantly just mad at it, you know, and, and so no wonder why I didn't feel good. No wonder why I was bloated. No wonder why, you know, and granted, these aren't, mm-hmm. the, this isn't the only reason, right? right. There are other factors and any, everything and anything. But, you know, so I started to really try to heal that relationship to my body. At first, I did it whole to my body in general and my body image. How much time am I spending hating myself when I can be loving myself, you know, and what would that life look like differently? Mm-hmm. Like, how would I feel if I loved my body on a daily basis? How would I show up every day? You know, and, and, and just, so it's, I think about throughout my lifetime and how much time and headspace has been wasted on 
not loving the skin that I was in. And it's, totally. I mean, it, I was four, 39 years old when I finally started getting a grip on it, you know, eating yeah. disorders and just torment, crying in the closet every day, hating the skin that I was in. It, yeah. has, it takes up so much of our life and our headspace and energy and joy and it is it is the killer of all joy that is mm-hmm. for sure absolutely you know and the sad part in this like you know i did a, i did a live yesterday called awaken which is something i talk about because we have to have awareness of this right mm-hmm. so we go through life a lot of us not aware that we're doing this to ourselves not aware that this literal inner critic this inner voice that's happening is creating this stuck place is keeping this weight on or, you know, fill in the blank that, that fits into your, you know, into your narrative. But like uh, yesterday I, I was sharing that I had this aha moment where I was driving and I saw this billboard to Costa Rica. And it was like the moment I was just like, Oh, I can't go there. Cause I don't want to be in a bathing suit. It was, I was probably in my early thirties. And that was my aha moment. Like you're saying at 39 that you had, like, I was like, wait a minute. I'm not going to do something that looks amazing and it would be so much fun and like something I really want because I don't want to be in a bathing suit. And it was like that aha moment, like that really flipped the switch for me to say, that's not okay. And how much time, energy and space am I wasting in this negative, you know, self-loathing place when I could transfer that into this self-loathing, like, you know, how literally hours. Mm -hmm spent, mm-hmm. you know, so and it um, was a common thing that you were experiencing all around you, wasn't it? And teaching Pilates and weren't you encountering it just uh, nonstop with every clients? everywhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everywhere. And I, you know, it's funny, I think that that's part of the, the reason it stayed with me for a long time, because I was like, well, she's beautiful. And if she feels that way, I should feel that way. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I had two curves for women, and I remember one time literally having to have a conversation with the mother because of the way she was talking to her daughter in my studio. And I was like, and she didn't mean to, she didn't know it, right? You know, and I know you and I talked about this a little bit, but it's just you saw the the light dim in her daughter's eyes. You saw her get smaller and hide behind herself, you know? And those were like two really big moments for me, the billboard and that, that, that made me on the, you know, made me realize how important this was for myself Mm -hmm. and then how important this was to share with other people. I'm going to say one more thing, you know, so a woman's called me today from my live yesterday. And she said, I never knew that about you. I thought, you love the body you're in and you, you know, always have because I would kill to look like you. And she's like, oh no, it's such a realization to me how many memories that I have missed out on because I don't want to be in a bathing suit or I don't want that. And she's like, and I realized that we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, are. yeah, we're all in this together. And, and I might be ahead of you on the journey, but like, good for you for being on the journey now. Good for you for having that awareness and being awakened to a different thought process for your body. Mm-hmm. So whenever we were in South Beach, you got us up and moving after lunch. And I don't remember exactly what you said, but will you speak to the actual listeners and take them through that moment of what question did you ask us about our belly? And then you had us think about it again and speak differently. 
And it was very powerful for me thinking because I've come a long ways. I really have in my, how I talk to myself, how I speak about myself in front of other people, how I feel about myself. But it was, it still (laughs) helped me realize I've got a lot of work left to do, but it was powerful. And I think it would help the listeners to understand what you mean by that connection. Yeah. So, you know, our bellies are, you know, the way that I like to look at it is, is your belly is the center of your being. It's the center of who you are. And so the question I like to ask first, there's two questions, but the first question I, I like to ask people before we even deep dive into it is one first word that pops up about how you feel about your belly. And then we talk about that. And to realize that that's your place of power, that is how you feel about your power. So I get words like problematic, I'm going to use. So I got that one yesterday. You know, my belly's problematic, you know, and that is a really, that's a heavy word. That's a heavy word to to carry around thinking that your belly is a problem all the time. Mm-hmm. How are you going to be able to stand in your power if your power is a problem? See, it was so powerful to me because the word that came to my mind was nuisance. Because I have things to do. I have, you know, I've got work to do and I'm having to st- drop what I'm doing to feed my belly. It's a nuisance. That's what, <laughs> that's the word that yeah. came to my mind. And I'm like telling my power, it's a nuisance. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and then there's so many stories we have created, you know, that, that saying, uh, if you're, if you're right or you're wrong, you know, if you can or you can't, you're right. Right. Yeah. Something like that. I don't don't know the exact thing. I'm not getting it right now, but it'll come back to me. And and it's like that same concept. We tell ourselves these stories. So if we're constantly saying it's in my DNA or I'm big boned or, you know, and and we're, we're repeating these stories about our bodies and about our bellies, this is this belief that we're carrying around with us Mm -hmm. and they don't serve us. Yeah. You know, so, so I like to ask that you can, or you think you can't either way you're right. Yes, 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 exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That's very um, and then what you did know, you so, ask us after that? We Because I, I mean, all around me, people were saying out loud how they felt. It was like bloated, fat, sluggish, rolls. Yeah. You know, that's all the words the women were saying around me. And then you had us think about it again. And how did you phrase that? Because I want the listeners to pr- be doing this. You out there listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, as Lonnie said, how do you describe your belly? It's one word, the first word, because, you know, a lot of times we start to judge what we say, or we think we should say that, you know, oh, it's beautiful or whatever, you know, like, what is that first word that comes up for you? And then how can you change that word into something positive? So let's say it is soft. Now let's think about the flip side of that strong. So now we're going to reframe your relationship to your belly in strength versus it being soft, mm-hmm. you know? So I went from nuisance to nourishment. Like, right. You're a nuisance to, I, I'm so grateful that I'm able to digest my food properly and to get the energy and the strength that I need to do what I need to do every day. That's kind yeah. of the... You, you actually bring me to my next question, which is always like, if your belly could talk, what would it tell you? And... I love the one you just gave up. Like, 
I'm working really hard for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm doing a lot here. <laughs> Pay attention to me. Give me a little credit, you know, because it is, it's, it's digesting our emotions. It's digesting our food. It literally helps to tell us if we are on the right path somewhere, or when we get that gut feeling like, Ooh, I shouldn't go in that direction. You know, it, it, it guides us as well. And so if we can create a better open communication with that part of our body, I think we would be able to heal ourselves a lot faster, both physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I agree. I think it's very powerful what you're doing. Can you share a success story that you've had with a client, a transformation that you witnessed from them going through your program? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so you don't have to say their name, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure. I have a client who, you know, has been doing with Pilates with me for a while. And recently she started to do more of the belly immersion work. And we used to have a conversation every time she came in for Pilates. And and I and I should backtrack that like she's um she's a fit woman. She's just not happy in her body. Right. So, and especially her belly, she had three kids sort of back to back, if you will, like, you know, in, in every few years she had a child. So she's basically been pregnant, you know, on and off and then healing from the pregnancy. So for her, she, it was, a, it was avoidance. There was a lot of, there was a lot of anger towards it because it wasn't hers anymore and it was stretched out and it was cut open and it was, you know, all these other things. And so physically she knew she wanted to get back into her core and her pelvic floor and things like that, which was where the bodies came from. And she would come to class a lot in almost like in a hiding that area kind of way, or I wish I, I wish, or I should, or there was always something else that wasn't present in the moment. So by going through the belly immersion and doing some of the work, like one of the things that I have my clients do in the belly immersion is write a love letter or an apology letter to their belly. Mm. And it's really powerful. On my newsletter, I just vulnerably shared mine last week. And, you know, it, it, I highly recommend everyone do it. So for her, what had happened is that she realized how much she was beating herself up and how much time, same concept, how much time she spent being so negative about this part of her body who literally gifted her the three children that mm -hmm. by the way, she didn't think she was going to be able to have. Mm -hmm. And so in the reframe of this and in the, in the belly immersion, I take them through the, they, it's 14 days of intentional time with your belly. So uh, it's a, it's the core confidence series where you do these 10 exercises every day. Some of them are breath work. Some of them are mantras. Some of them are actual movement exercises based in Pilates. And so by her spending that time while she was in celebration to her body, she has now, I'm not even kidding, like can strut herself around in a bikini. And I know that that's like not necessarily oh, the that. first thing to share, but right. like the, the confidence in that right. is so big. And the confidence for her to see her daughters loving her body differently mm -hmm. is really big. And she has shed some of that excess weight that she had there, right? So I told you she was a fit woman. She lost five pounds. She has gained such a different confidence in herself that you can see it in her stance. It's almost like she got taller. Wow. I'm you sure know, she, she walks is into the standing room. taller. She is standing taller. Yeah. 
she's standing in her light. Right. She's standing in her power, right? Like right. your mission as well. Like it, it, she's able to, and on total side note, I don't even know if it's okay to say, but I'll just say her relationship with her husband got better. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that really is powerful because a lot of times we, it just affects every part of our life when we're not loving sure the skin does. that we're in. We, it's kind of like, I don't know, we go to the gym and slap our body around telling it we want it to be better, but then we're also slapping it on the cheek and telling it we think it's ugly. It's our body's so confused. Yeah. And so our body's it's like, really confused. what do you want from me? And you, I mean, that's, I love hearing that. And it's, I mean, it's perfectly fine to say she's strutting around in her bikini because a lot of us won't do that at any size. Yeah. Even whenever we're in impeccable shape, we still find something to critique. A hundred percent. Until we get to a healthier place with our body. And you also mentioned in there, her daughter's seen how she was loving her body differently. I had that as a question here because as, as a mother of a daughter and I, you know, I want to help people out there to learn from people like you on what can we do for the youth to help stop some of these things before they start. And so what are some things that, that I can do to help my daughter? What are some of the things that we can impart on our youth out there and, and how, which you and I spoke a little bit about one of the ways I think we can take ownership in that as a, as a parent, but as adults, as influencers on the youth out there, even. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, in the day and age of social media, I'm, I'm, I'm not as sure right? Because there's such influences elsewhere. So I think a lot of it really has to stem from our talk, our self-talk and modeling our behaviors. You know, I think I've seen it go both ways. So I think I don't love the word balance, but the idea of, you know, you're taking care of yourself, but yet you can have ice cream and show that it's okay, you know? And so your, your child is growing up saying like, I get to experience joy and not be worried that this is going to cause me to gain weight, or I'm a bad person if I eat that cookie Mm -hmm. or some of those things that start to happen. And then same thing, when we talk about our bodies, we honor them. And we talk not just about the external look, but all the other things that are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, when we talk about our, you know, our digestion and we, t- we teach our children what's happening inside as well. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a big piece of the puzzle. And then lastly, when we compliment our children, it's not just a based about what their look or what they're wearing. You know, it's about the feeling that they're giving other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big piece of the puzzle because I think people remember and, and children too, like when we can invoke feeling in them and we can invoke empowerment, they're more likely to not be pressured by social media mm-hmm. and, other, and other things. So I think that that really is our job as parents, you know, both, both boys and girls is to really talk about how, you know, how we are, we are a lot more than our looks. Mm-hmm. and feeling good and being kind and taking care of ourselves so we could be healthy, like all of those things. And just that is the conversation that happens at the dinner table, you know, and practicing like, what are you grateful for today? Right. You know, those, those kind of gratitude practices at a young age, I think are really helpful too, because it just takes the pressure off the physical when we can, when we can be grateful and celebrate all the other things as well. Yeah. That's so important. 
I'm happy you said that because it really, I and mean, we've got to be mindful about it really is the practicing what we preach thing, yeah. you know, and they're going to think about the things that we're bringing to their attention. And, you know, I've had to be mindful of it. Like I, you know, I shared because of having eating disorders growing up and I had, you know, my epiphany came when my daughter was really, really young and how I was speaking about myself in front of her. I could compliment mm-hmm. her all day long, but the amount of damage as, as parents, siblings, anybody that we're influencing around us that we do by how we speak about ourselves, I mean, that can just do irreparable damage. And so I, you know, I grew up in an environment where my stepmom, I thought she was incredibly beautiful and all she's ever spoken about my entire life is how much weight she needs to lose and that she needs a facelift. And I'm like, yeah. you know, yeah. and so I found myself really with a distorted sense of self, not just, you know, a- abuse can do that to you, but also the people that I thought were most beautiful in the world were telling me otherwise, you don't know well, what beautiful is, <laughs> you know, and, and that was what happened to me at Curve, right? That's where it was confusing, you know, and I think sometimes you know, oh, I need a facelift or I need to lose weight. Those are very clear. But I think sometimes it's it's even the things that we don't think about are clear. Like when we go to our closet or mom can't find anything to wear today. Like nobody necessarily thinks that that can do damage to a child. But like mom is beautiful. I want to be like mom. Mom is not happy with anything she puts on her body or, you know, it, it's, no. it's even some of the small stuff that mm-hmm. we say. So true. So can you share with everybody. Talk a little bit more about the program you have going on now. And is it too late for people to get involved? Is there another session coming up? What does that look like? How do the listeners connect with you? Because, you know, people that know me, my listeners know a lot about my story. And I think the thing that breaks my heart the most is when I see people give up on themselves or not live life to their fullest potential. And this this is one that I can really relate to as far as our physical self and allowing how we feel about our bodies to just stop us in our tracks and keep from having joy in our life. And if women could just, and and men too, but you know, my focus is on women. If women could have even feel 50% better about the body that they're in and the one body we get to live this entire life in Longest relationship. How we'll amazing. Ever have. I mean, what a gift you could give people. Yeah. They've just have to yeah. be willing to acknowledge one that they're in that situation and two, be willing to do something about it. So Yeah. I mean, the, the like I said, the awareness is key. I love something that I do with my clients called the one percent rule because I think it's it's a lot easier to manage. It's one percent every day. What what can you do one percent better, more different? You know, is it one percent more self-love today? Is it one percent more water? Is it what you know, and that feels for those people that feel really stuck and it just helps make it manageable. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question, so there's a couple ways that that we can stay in touch. My website is my name. It's lonniemarkman.com. And you can sign up for my newsletter. I do a weekly newsletter that is everything from self-love to stories to motivational tips to nutrition. I've been doing this Uh, probably at least about 10 years now, I've been doing my newsletter. It's one of my labors of love. I absolutely love writing it. 
And, and so, yeah, so we, you could always stay in touch with me and just get into, into the wheelhouse there. I also have a Facebook page called unleash your core. So they can join that. that. Yeah. They could join that. And again, you know, we could communicate there and that's where I'll do like a lot of my lives and a lot of, you know, share information on, on social media there. How's your belly immersion kicked off? Is that what you're about to talk about? Okay. Okay. So, so the belly immersion um, starts next Monday, August 9th. And it will be an evergreen program, meaning you can sign up for it later on. But this first one, I'm going live twice. So starts August 9th. And for 14 days, you get to spend intentional time with your core. So you could could really walk away from those 14 days, creating a better relationship to your body and, and more confidence. But also you're really you're physically being there and you're spiritually being there. So the the 10 exercises that you'll do every day for those 14 days, that goal really is to for you to create that awareness and you to have those aha moments and you to start shifting from hiding to healing. It's like a belly devotional. Oh my God. I love that. I might have to steal that. (laughs) That's That's what I'm thinking of because you know, you do devotionals and spend time with, with God. You're doing so good. That's practice. Perfect. I love that. <laughs> yes, I love that. You know, and so and so it is part movement, it's part mindset, it's part meditation. And then every day for those 14 days, you'll get an email with some sort of coaching. Like I might ask you to write a letter to your belly or you know, whatever the coaching may be. For those I don't want to give it all away. And then you get two live sessions with me in those 14 days. They will be recorded. So if you can't make them live, but I love to be able to interact with my clients. So they're physical, like it's a Pilates class and it is the belly love Pilates class. So it's very much geared around self-love. Doesn't matter where you're at in your practice. If you've never done Pilates before, or if you're super advanced, can't touch your toes like me. Right. Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. I absolutely meet you where you're at and I will teach for a beginner. I will teach for someone advanced. You know, I, I just like to get to see you and then I can really help you at, at that point, really hone into parts of your body that you're holding tension in or you're holding anger. in. I could see that. And we, we walk through that. And so that is the belly immersion. Yeah, 14 days you get. And then, of course, you get a private Facebook group where I will be coaching and answering Q&As and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. I so that starts it. August okay, 9th. So, so many ways to connect with Lonnie. LonnieMarkman.com, L-O-N-I, Markman, just like it sounds, .com. And then Unleash Your Core is the name of your page on Facebook where you can find her. And also... As always, I will have this episode linked on a kingsizelife.com and have ways that you can connect with Lonnie there. But I really encourage you to reach out if this, if her practice really resonates with you, which, you know, listen, we, we all, as we talk about every time we have one life and it's really important, no matter where you are in your life, that we start to figure out what is it that's keeping us from really being the best self that we can be because we deserve it. We deserve to have an incredible life. And I find, and, and Lonnie has reiterated it here too, that we're the ones that hold ourselves back more than our environment, more than anything else. And we can choose to live an incredible life. So thank you, Lonnie. 
Yeah, you're so welcome. I'm so grateful to be here. I would like to, I don't know if this is possible, but we're going to figure it out. So if the first three readers from you who are listeners, I should say, who join the belly immersion, if anyone does join the belly immersion, I will offer them a one-on-one session as well. Oh, nice. Well, that's generous. So we could just put that in and tag that in somewhere on a link and we'll, we'll figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, there you go. Just more incentive for you to take that step because that's, it's going to take action in order to make the changes that you need to make. And Lonnie, and I really appreciate you being on here. I appreciate you taking the time. I look forward to getting to know you more and to learn more about your practice and to take some of those things to heart because I, you know, I'm always a work in progress. And as always, my prayer for all of you is that you will get off the sidelines of life and live a king-sized life because you only get one. You've been listening to a King-Sized Life podcast with Shannon King. You can follow Shannon on Facebook and Instagram. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. We really appreciate that effort. Be sure to join us next time for another encouraging podcast with Shannon King. Thanks so much for listening.